Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting fam. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 86th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about sparkotypes. I am so excited to be talking about sparkotypes, Sammy. We have been wanting to talk about sparkotypes for a long time, and it's just gotten delayed for different reasons, and so we're very, very excited to chat with it now. We've told our friends about it. We've literally been talking about it nonstop, and so I think you guys will really enjoy part one of sparkotypes, and we're going to split this up and do a part two so that we can cover all of them for all of you. Exactly, Michelle. And before we go into it, we are going to link the Sparkotype quiz in our show notes. If you have 10 minutes before you listen to this, pause the podcast, go and take the quiz. I think it'll make the episode that much more enlightening when you know what your own Sparkotype is. So before we go through anything, if you have a minute, if you have 10 minutes really, go and take the quiz. That's right, Michelle. And so we should start with what is a sparkotype? What is a sparkotype, Sammy? The concept of sparkotype was created by Jonathan Fields. He's the host of The Good Life Project, The Sparked Podcast, and the author of the book Sparked. He came up with this concept of sparkotypes, which is an archetype for a person or a archetype for a type of work or activity that lights you up. That's right, Sammy. And you probably know, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, that we love a good personality quiz. We love an analysis, a deep dive look at different ideas for ways to think about how you do things. One thing I'll say about Jonathan Fields is he has done over a decade's worth of studies to come up with these sparkotypes. And so he has narrowed this down from the 7 billion plus people in the world to these 10 sparkotypes. And it's really focused, like Sammy said, on what really lights you up, what type of work not only brings you joy, but comes easiest, is the most natural thing for you. And it really helps you start to frame the work that you do, both in your professional and personal life, in a different way. Exactly, Michelle. And you're absolutely right. He has done a lot of research to come up with these sparkotypes. Yeah, sure, maybe he can't see aura colors, but he (laughs) does have data to back up this information. I personally found it really insightful to learn my sparkotypes. I find it just like really validating to know what lights me up, like what I enjoy to do, and also really reassuring to find out what doesn't light me up. And that Also, just knowing that other people actually enjoy the things that I don't like to do, so I really shouldn't do them, you know, if I don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, Sammy, especially since I think when we go through this list of the 10 sparkotypes, some of them you might feel like, oh, I wish I did that more. I wish I liked this. And it just helps to know like, hey, this is not the thing that lights me up and that's okay. There are different ways that I can contribute to the world 
that still line up with who I am and is true to me. So it's super exciting and we're really excited to dig deep into all of them in the next two episodes. The sparkotypes are Maven, Maker, Warrior, Advisor, Performer, Sage, Scientist, Advocate, Nurturer, Essentialist. And we will be splitting that right down the middle for these two episodes. That's right, Michelle. And you brought up a good point there about sparkotypes. According to Jonathan Fields, they're actually innate traits about us. So when you look back on your childhood, you'll probably notice that you see your sparkotype reflected. Exactly, Sammy. And we'll talk about ours and our own personal experiences when we delve into each of these. So first, Jonathan breaks down your results of the quiz. So he first has your main sparkotype. This is the one that you answered in the affirmative the most. This is your true sparkotype, the one that most reflects you. Next, you have your shadow. And shadow is actually just the one that is the second highest. It's not like your evil sparkotype or something like that. <laughs> this is the second most common type of answer that you affirmed to on the quiz. And your shadow oftentimes supports your primary sparkotype. I would like to double click on that, Sammy, because your shadow is not your runner up or second best or second strongest sparkotype necessarily. Really, your shadow is in service of your first sparkotype. So your first main sparkotype is the one that really drives you. And then your shadow is almost the way that you are able to tap into other skills to really 10x your sparkotype. Your shadow helps you tap, tap, tap in. That's right, sweetie. Which brings us to our last sparkotype, which is the anti. The anti is almost like your evil sparkotype. It is the <laughs> one that you like the least. It's the heaviest lift for you. It doesn't mean that you don't do it. It doesn't mean that you're not good at it. But it just means that this is the one that you probably find the most draining. And when we say the heaviest lift, it doesn't mean you're bad at it. You might be. Maybe you don't like it, so you don't do it. But you can be really good at your anti. But it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you're good at it, that it doesn't drain you. So your anti is the one that when you do it, it doesn't bring you happiness. It does drain you and just leaves you empty instead of helping you come alive, as Jonathan Fields would say. Another interesting thing about sparkotypes, Michelle, is that some sparkotypes are more process-driven, like it's more about the process or the act that reflects that sparkotype, whereas other sparkotypes are more service-driven. They're more about providing a service or assisting or helping other people. And this is an interesting aspect of the sparkotypes, which I find really useful to know. Yes, and now that we've laid the baseline for some of the vocab we're going to be using, let's get into the sparkotypes. We'll tell you what each of them is, and we're going to share the slogan that directly comes from the book Sparked, because it's helpful to know, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. That being said, our first sparkotype is the maven. The maven. Slogan, I live to learn. I live to learn. And this is actually my number one sparkotype. There we go. Your girl Sammy is a maven. I found it so relieving and so validating to find out that I was a maven. Mavens love to learn, and they really just love to learn for learning's sake. When I heard this, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is totally me. 
Because I remember in PA school, for example, my roommate was concerned about me. And she actually said to me one day, she's like, you shouldn't burn yourself out and go to Panera and just study all day. When she said that, I was actually shocked because I did not feel burned out at all. In fact, I felt like electrified and like enlightened. Like I love going and being alone and studying for hours. That was something I just really enjoyed. Like I love all the insights. I love all the details. I still reflect on that time and even times in undergrad just really positively. Like I love libraries for that same reason. I just love digging deep into topics. It's true, Sammy. And I can relate because I have a maven shadow. So I also love to learn. I love to read up on different things. And one of the most satisfying things about learning about mavens is that there doesn't have to be any end goal. In fact, ideally, there is no end. Like you can just learn and learn and learn about something and you're good. I feel that's so true for me because It is, I think, why we say a lot of times, like, oh, I just listen to all this stuff, and then I sit and I think about it. Such maven behavior, I feel like. Yes, and if you're listening to our podcast, you probably are a maven. Maven is actually one of the most common sparkotypes, whether it's your primary sparkotype or it's your shadow sparkotype. It is one of the most common, and definitely, if you're listening to a podcast, you may be a maven as well. When I got into podcasts, That just like accelerated my maven game because entering the work life as a maven, yes, you learn things at work, but eventually you kind of get into a routine and it's less about the learning and it's just more about like actually completing your job. And that's why things like podcasts have always been just like a huge savior to me as as far as maintaining my maven behavior. I agree, Sammy. I think depending on your job, like some are a lot more action or service oriented. A maven is more on the process side where it's more about learning and consuming information. And so a lot of times it's easy for someone like a maven to get comfortable and a little bit bored at their work if they feel like they will learn everything they need to learn. Exactly, Michelle. That's a good point you brought up about process versus service. We mentioned that process-driven sparkotypes are more about the actual act, like, for example, a maven. It's more about learning, and it doesn't necessarily involve other people, versus service-driven sparkotypes are about helping other people. Finding this out was just very comforting to me because I do feel like I can be alone for a long period of time, and actually both my primary and my shadow sparkotypes are more process-driven. And it made me appreciate that, like, I'm just not necessarily the type of person who gets lit up necessarily the most by serving other people. Yes, of course, I like it incidentally, but my two main sparkotypes are both quite process-driven. Yeah, Sammy. And I feel like as a physician assistant specifically, you're in a heavy service-related role. And so I totally get that when you're like, oh, Perfect. This is draining, probably for a lot of people in this field, but it's especially draining for maybe somebody who leans a little bit more towards these process-oriented sparkotypes. Exactly, Michelle. And that brings us to our second sparkotype, another process-driven sparkotype, which is the maker. The maker. Slogan, I make ideas manifest. Makers literally make. (laughs) It's pretty self-explanatory. I think we're good, actually. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Whether it's like a physical object 
or whether it's turning concepts into something usable, makers like to create things. Which, Sammy, once again, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, we interviewed Jess of Oak and Grain, who refinishes furniture, and she took the Sparkotype quiz, and it turns out that she is a maker, which makes total sense because in her spare time, she literally takes in furniture, deconstructs it, refinishes it, and creates something new. So I think that's such a great example of somebody who is a maker and living their best Sparkotype life. Yes, Michelle. And Jess has told me that when she works on furniture, she's just like in a very peaceful and almost like flow-like state. And I think that's really common about people's sparkotypes. When you're doing the work of your sparkotype, you are most likely to enter that flow state or that just like that state where you're just like effortlessly doing something. Time can leave you because it's just so enjoyable. Yes, that is so true, Sammy. Also, something I'll say about makers, just listening to the Sparked book and listening to a lot of the different episodes in Sparked, a lot of the examples, people talk about how much they like making or creating something, but then they actually get bored when it's done. Maybe if you're a maker, that might be something. Like Maybe you enjoy the whole creation process, but you're not as into the maintaining process. And I just think that if I was a maker, that would be something helpful to consider because it might explain to you why you move from project to project. Exactly, Michelle. Our next sparkotype is the warrior. The warrior. Slogan, I gather and lead people. The warrior, I like to think of it as like almost like the cult leader. <laughs> they're, the, they're the type of person who just like people want to be around them and listen to them and follow them. And Jonathan Fields even talks about in his book that a lot of warrior children will be the child that's like leading all the other little <laughs> children in whatever game or activity that they're doing. You're exactly right, Sammy. Warriors are people who gather people, who lead them, who will take them on a quest or an experience or a mission. These are your top dog leaders, like people who you just want to follow them. And I think these are people who are also are called to lead. I really relate to the warrior in the sense that it's one of my antis. I sort of packed the sparked quiz, but I am not a warrior. Like I actually know, like I've tried to lead people. I'll try to like gather people and be like, let's go do this. And it is so draining to me. And I think I'm so bad at it. And I really, really appreciate and respect people who are willing to put in that effort to lead people and gather people and get them around one mission. And it's actually a pretty rare sparkotype. And I'm not surprised because it is hard to find people, I think, that are so deep in the trenches when it comes to going in and wanting to lead people. 100%, Michelle. And our friend Marina is actually a warrior. And I remember being at her wedding and so many people at the wedding being into FIRE, financial independence, retiring early. And she's the one who also introduced me and both of us to FIRE. And I thought it was so funny because she's exactly like that. She's the type of person who will inspire and lead all these people on like a journey together. And we all, like so many people, like so many of her different friend groups were all really into fire. And it's because she's the one 
who introduced it to a lot of these people. Yeah, exactly. Even the fact that we all went to Uganda, her and her husband really put together this great itinerary for us. Like, I think that just speaks to like, she's somebody who can convince you to leave the country and go somewhere new for a wedding. And really, in a very impressive way, lead us through this experience. Like, there was not a thing that they hadn't thought of, which I really appreciated. One thing I do want to say about warriors, Jonathan Fields talks about this, how maybe stereotypically we think of a warrior as someone who's like super extroverted and like, let's go, let's do this. And actually, there's a lot of warriors who are more introverted. An example he gave, which I thought was really interesting, is Richard Branson. Apparently, Richard Branson is like super introverted, which shocker, you wouldn't even know. Like he's the founder of Virgin Galactic, Airlines, all of these different companies. And he's so successful and he does all of these crazy stunts. But I think his warrior self will like turn it on and be able to lead and motivate people. And then maybe when he's alone and recharges, he just can flip back to his introverted self. So just so you know, you can be a warrior without being somebody who's like, rah, rah, rah let's do this and in your face. That's a great point, Michelle. I think it's interesting with these sparker types to see how, you know, maybe some lean more conveniently for an introverted or an extroverted person, but any type of person can be a sparker type. So an introverted person could be a maven, an extroverted person could be a maven, and it may present really differently in both of them, but it can be in both types of people. Yeah, exactly, Sammy. So our next archetype is the advisor, whose slogan is, I guide to grow. Advisors like to be mentors. They like to be teachers to other people. Coaches. Yes, they really like to help literally walk people through learning something or walk people through their own growth. And they get a lot of joy from that experience. Exactly, Sammy. And advisor is somebody, it's not even that they're so driven by the outcome, but they're somebody who is totally fulfilled with like a one-on-one experience, helping somebody get to whatever goal it is that they're trying to get to. And that's like so fulfilling to them. It doesn't necessarily have to be about like teaching. It doesn't have to be about illuminating insights in that people, in people like we'll see in other archetypes. It's more just being like there for somebody and being able to help them move forward to whatever it is that they want to do. Yes, Michelle. And I did see in the book and on the podcast, a lot of times advisor and maven will pair together. Mm. And whereas a maven alone might just be interested in learning information for information's sake, an advisor maven will love learning information, but because they can pass that information on to somebody else. I can see that, Sammy. I feel like it's a lot about knowing you're making like a genuine difference in this person's life. And our final sparkotype of today's episode, Michelle, is the performer. That's me! Slogan, I turn moments into magic. Sammy, I am a performer. Performer. Yes, she is. Sparkotype, Maven Shadow. It's so funny. I think this is something people will realize maybe listening to this versus taking the Sparkotype quiz. I don't think I would have ever guessed it for myself. But by the time I got to the end of the quiz, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely a performer. It's true, Michelle. Jonathan Fields talks about how a lot of performers 
are actually kind of, I don't want to say upset or maybe feel misaligned when they initially hear that they are a performer. And I think that's a lot because of the misconception of what it means to be a performer. Like some people are like literally thinking of someone who's like entertaining people like in a clownish way. But performers are actually people who create almost like an experience for the people around them. Yeah, Sam, you're right. He does talk about how there's like a lot of shame with performers, how a lot of kids who are performers, it's sort of discouraged in them because people feel like there's not a lot of careers for people who are performers. And he does a really good job, I think, about showing how this isn't necessarily true. I definitely totally related to the performer sparkotype because he talks about how a lot of what performers do is to create happiness and a positive experience for other people. I think for me, that made a lot of sense because whether I'm with my friends, if I'm in the office, if I'm with you, I'm always trying to create like a good time, (laughs) if that makes sense. It doesn't stress me out though. Like it's not something that I'm like upset about. Like I have always just done that and I, I really enjoy it. Like I find so much satisfaction when I'm spending time with people and I can help create like a beautiful moment. That's so true, Michelle. And I think one thing about performers is because of that, they are really easy to be around because they are just so much about creating a good vibe for everybody to be around. I like to think so, Sammy. Though who knows, maybe if too many performers are in a room, it can be a little bit overwhelming. I will say in terms of thinking about performers and careers, it is interesting because he talks about how performers can find a place for themselves in roles like sales, which is exactly what I used to do. And that makes a lot of sense because I always felt really comfortable talking to my clients. I used to make jokes when I knew I was being recorded and I knew that like my boss would see it later. Not like actively (laughs) thinking that, but like I would be really pleased. Like one time my boss was like, oh, that was like a really underrated joke that you made. And I was like, thank you. And then he's like, okay, but seriously, you need to sell things. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, (laughs) But it's true. And I've never had an issue with public speaking. I was very surprised when I found out that public speaking is like the number one fear in the world because I've always felt really comfortable talking in front of other people. Even in sales, we have these things called QBRs, quarterly business reviews, where we have to go up and talk about how we're doing that quarter. And regardless of whether I'm doing good or bad, I've always enjoyed doing them. And I've always honestly killed. Like other people like (laughs) hate it. It's like so, so boring. And I'll like go up there and I'm like, just really enjoy being in front of my peers and like putting on a show, which is like totally unnecessary and not what it's about. But I can see now how like my performer side comes out doing that. It's so true, Michelle. And one really interesting thing about performers is on the scale of process versus service, the performer kind of covers a lot of both categories. Yeah, Sammy, I found that really interesting. And it made a lot of sense to me too, because I don't think I'm like anti-process. Like I do like to have a lot of systems in place. I think a lot about different things that I'm going to say. Like I don't go and just make a speech. I plan it and I write things down and I organize a lot of the information that I have. I put everything in a spreadsheet. So I do feel like I have a process, but obviously I also think it's difficult to be a performer when you're alone and have no one to talk to. So I can see how it's both like in service of other people, like trying to create a good experience, but also process driven because because you need to hone your craft. That makes a lot of sense, Michelle. At this point too, Sammy, I think this is a really helpful 
time to point out like the difference between a main sparkotype and the shadow. My sparkotype is performer and my second is maiden. And I do love learning. I do love reading things and understanding things. I also come alive when I'm talking about that with other people. Surprise, surprise, we have a podcast. I get to do exactly that. And so I do see how both of those things are related. I remember when Sammy used to tell me, she'd be like, you just learn about politics so you can like talk about it with other people. And I think that's true. Like, I think there are a lot (laughs) of things that I like to stay up to date with what other people are talking about because I do want to be a part of the conversation and be able to bring something to the table. You bring up a good point, Michelle. And I do notice that you like conspiratorial things, and I think it's for the same reason. No. It's the most interesting thing <laughs> to perform at a later point. No. And so I do see you going down a lot of conspiratorial rabbit holes. No, that, you know what? That's unrelated. I really enjoy history, which is mm-hmm. filled with a lot of conspiracies. That's not my fault. <laughs> I think if you were regurgitating just regular history to people, it probably wouldn't be as exciting. But the conspiratorial <laughs> stuff is like really the juice. And that's why you love it. Is that my fault? Okay. I have to give the people what they want. <laughs> so takeaways for today's episode. One, welcome to the world of sparkotypes. Now you know what they are. Now you know what primary sparkotypes, shadow sparkotypes, and anti-sparkotypes are. Take the quiz, see what you are. Literally, it is so affirming and it just it just tells you exactly what you need to do with your life because do whatever is your primary and your shadow sparkotype. Easy. Exactly, Sammy. And to refresh, we spoke about the maven. I live to learn. The maker, I make ideas manifest. The warrior, I gather and lead people. The advisor, I guide to grow. And the performer, I turn moments into magic. Next week, we'll be covering the next five sparkotypes. So we encourage you to listen to the next episode as well. That's right, Michelle. Be sure to join us next week as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Hi, guys. Welcome to our after show. We're done talking about sparkotypes this episode. Definitely check out next week's episode if you want more, but we did want to chat with you a little bit and give you a little bit of update in case you listened to last week's episode, story time. You might be wondering if we have any follow-ups, and we do have a quick follow-ups from that. One, the radio tower that fell onto our house has been removed. Ding dong, the radio tower is gone. Oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you. My shamanic healer, when I was telling her about the radio tower, she's like, I was telling her about how the neighborhood was really happy about the radio tower being gone. And she's like, that's so funny. It reminds me of like the Wizard of Oz. Ah. And we had been saying Ding Dong, the witch is gone in reference to the radio tower, like all the time. So I just thought that was really interesting. Confirmation, she is a psychic. (laughs) She is in tune with spirit. She's in tune with spirit. I love that, Sammy. And our neighbors have been great. They've checked in on us. They also are like, We're so happy you're safe, but also we are so happy the tower is gone. So let us know. Text us if you want pictures or anything. We'll send them your way. We are good. And honestly, like, I feel great afterwards. Like, I am now, now that we're through it, like, that was a tough weekend. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, it just felt like every little thing was going wrong, like, more than we could even cover in that podcast. But now I feel great. Like, life, you got to live life, people. Let me tell you that. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. 
I agree, Michelle. I'm not sure if I'm no longer being penetrated by radio waves and that is what's <laughs> making me feel better, but I also feel better. And I'm like, you know what? That thing was actually kind of loud. Now that it's gone, there's way more silence and it is appreciated. Sammy and I were just admiring the full moon yesterday and we were like beautiful without a giant radio tower interrupting our skyline. So, so many benefits. And that's our update for this episode. Check you guys out next week. Bye.